Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Welcome back to Discographology, the podcast that is the perfect soundtrack for your way of life. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, to jo- uh, for joining us again this week. Uh, we just finished up our series on A Tribe Called Quest. And before we move on to next week's palate cleanser episode, uh, we're going to do another pregame program where we uh, talk about what we've been listening to, what we bought. And uh, this week, we've gone through our record collections and have picked out several of our favorite instrumental tracks from all across music. Uh, Why are we doing this? Well, we're going to tell you at the end of the show when we talk about what we're doing next week. So, uh, just to start it off, uh, Josh, uh, I, I know you've been on vacation, but, uh, did, did you guys listen to anything on the car or what you've been listening to? Well, Matt, I'm glad you asked. Uh, actually I have a lot of stuff I realized that I've picked up since we last talked, but I, I decided to not really go over this list of just like things I've purchased. Um, instead I was going to, I wanted to highlight two new songs that all right, I think, I think Blake, you would really like. Um, everybody will like them, but Blake in particular, I thought of with this one (laughs) and Matt, I thought of you with this other one. So the first new song I want to talk about that I've been listening to is, have you ever listened to an artist called Japanese breakfast? Anybody? No. Can't say that I have. Okay. Blake, you haven't either? Nope. Japanese breakfast. It's, it's your new favorite, uh, group. Um, I, I actually don't know much about them at all. Um, the only time I'd really heard them before this is uh, they did a cover of Head Over Heels, the Tears for Fears song. Ooh, a very, yeah. very low-key cover. Uh, it was just the lead singer who I, I believe is female. Again, I don't I don't know. I've never really looked up anything about them. Sounds female. Um, over like a, a Rhodes kind of piano cover of Head Over Heels. But they just dropped a, a new single called Be Sweet. And it is, uh, it's, it's a jam. It's a banger, as we say. It's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I have a hard time describing it beyond just saying it's a very poppy song, um, kind of in line with a lot of other uh, pop that we've t- kind of Heim, actually, kind of a Heim vibe a little bit. Um, very hmm. uh, fourth uh, in the forefront of the mix bass that kind of drives the whole song and uh, a lot of kind of synth um, in it as well and, and beeps and boops. And uh, I don't know. It's a very catchy tune. So look it up. Japanese breakfast be sweet. looking it up as we speak i think you would dig it um blake and then the other new one is an artist that i'm sure everyone here has heard of but i have to point out that they have a new uh super group blake just started to play be sweet there by the way i know i i accidentally <laughs> pressed play on it that's how excited i was to get to it um so uh, everybody here knows bruno mars i'm sure and and i'm not necess- well i guess i am in a way talking about the new bruno mars song has anybody heard this new Bruno Mars Anderson Pack supergroup kind of thing they've put together called Silk I, Sonic. I have not heard of this. No. Okay. But we're all familiar with Bruno Mars, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I do know. I mean, I've heard the is. name. Super okay. Bowl performer Bruno so, Mars. Has anyone heard of Anderson Pack? What's a Super Bowl? 
<laughs> Anderson, Anderson. I, d- Pack, I don't think I have. He he is very good as well. Although I will say, I I do not know his catalog as well as probably I should. Um, I know he's a drummer actually. He usually drums and kind of rap sings though as well. Um, uh, Chris at Heavy Heads. Every time I go in there, it feels like he's always like, "You got to listen, to Anderson Pack, man." Um, <laughs> so. He and Bruno Mars have created a new group called Silk Sonic, and they just dropped their first song called Leave the Door Open, and man, it is a smooth baby-making jam, if I've ever heard one. (laughs) Um, And the person I thought would enjoy this is Matt, because Matt, I know you have an affinity for Prince. I like the slow jams. Kind of 70s slow jams. This is up your alley. Look it up. Uh, Silk Sonic, leave the door open. It's just very, it's a, it's definitely a retro sound. They're going for like a 70s soul vibe. And it also has lyrics like uh, off the top of my head, there's one about, um, and if you smoke, I got the haze, purple haze. And if you're hungry, I got the lays. I mean, <laughs> come on. That's a great, that's a great lyric. Um, anyway, you should look it up. I think Anderson Pack plays drums and sings and Bruno Mars plays keyboards and sings and it's just a, it's just a good time. But yeah, that's, that's only a couple things I've been listening to lately, but they're the most exciting kind of new things I've been listening to. Oh, also throw out there, the new St. Vincent is good as well. And also very Prince like mm. no one has checked out. Interesting. That. But yeah, it, it, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that, that they're kind of going for a Prince sound. Cause I know that at least that one Bruno Mars song, you, you've pointed out that, uh, they're, they're, uh, cribbing a lot of, uh, a lot of police vibes. So it's, yeah, you know, he, he definitely is a pastiche kind of, you know, taken from various styles. I, I should say, by the way, the new leave the door open is not necessarily Prince, but I, I just think your affinity for Prince would translate to liking this kind of thing as well. Um, the new St. Vincent, though, is very Prince-like, I should say. So I'll talk about, I've, I've got I've got some vinyl over the last couple weeks or whatever it's been. Um, I ordered from Mondo their exclusive, um, okay, so speaking of instrumentals and things that have always been very influential to me, video game soundtracks. Um, this, uh, no, I because I have Quake, this is not my first video game soundtrack, but. I don't have that many. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two, Mondo did a, uh-huh. a version of that. The two LP, really cool looking splatter thing. The artwork for this like gatefold is is gorgeous. Um, I haven't even I haven't even put it on the platter yet, but I know from playing the game and putting a lot of hours into it that uh, that it's good music. It's like um, some of it is is folksy banjo picking type stuff and it, it it varies some of it's very you know action dramatic stuff but uh some of it's yeah it's blink 182 right <laughs> what you know you can play like can't you play uh guitar or something in that in that game oh and uh yeah <laughs> i've seen people play like blink you know blink 182 songs and stuff Dan- Ma- play Dan- mark yeah. hoppus played blink yeah the, like the yeah that's mark what hoppus playing yeah yeah Okay, well, I didn't know about that, but you can. It's got this weird game mechanic where you can kind of play whatever you want if you you can strum different chords. That's pretty neat. And uh, one of the uh, cut scenes is, is her playing a very melancholy version of "Take on Me." Ah, <laughs> uh, is it's interesting. It's an interesting scene. Uh, great game. Uh, the haters can suck it. Um, 
I got a a 12 inch single. I'm I'm bringing this up because uh, the Billie Eilish song "Everything I Wanted" won. Uh, I believe it was best record, not best song, but best record at the Grammys. Yes. Anybody fact check that? Yes, it uh, did. I shortly before that I got I picked up the uh, this new 12 inch single version. I already had a uh, flexi disc version of it, but I thought I'd get a something that's a little bit nicer. And, you know, doesn't sound like garbage that I can actually play. Uh, so the song's on one side. The other side of the 12-inch single is an etching of Billy's Dodge Challenger Dragon, <laughs> uh, which is featured in the music video, Yes, I Know the Car's Name. Wow. Uh, Wait, it, did she, she, she name car? the car, or is that the name of the car? Like, it's like a, no, Dodge, it's a Dodge Dragon. Challenger. It, no, it's a Dodge Challenger, but she named it Dragon. Ah. Wa- watch her. Watch her, the documentary that's on apple uh tv not subscribed um, to that I, one blake seven day free trial apple's got tv it's worth it um anyway you'll learn the backstory of the car if you watch that that's all i'm saying uh picked up tears for fears songs from the big chair hey. speaking of oh yeah for f what a fucking great album uh top to bottom that is that's a great pickup too that's uh, something you want on vinyl yep Oh, for sure. Um, and after like, I believe my, my wife ordered this like months and months ago, but the uh, Dua Lipa Future Nostalgia uh, vinyl finally Another shipped. Grammy nominee, by the way. Yes. And people laughed when I said this was one of the uh, dopest uh, records of 2020. And now who's laughing because it's got all the accolades. Um they're probably still laughing at me, but you know, it's a really enjoyable <laughs> record. I'm glad we have that, that disc. Um, something for Logan, speaking of, of new releases. Huh? Um, so, you know, Lana, Lana Del Rey, uh, Kim trails over the country club, her new record. Uh huh. My, my wife pre-ordered, um, the target exclusive of that. Cause they did an alternate cover. Have, have you seen, uh, some people, uh, at some targets, they apparently put it out too early, and some people were already grabbing it. No, and I've also seen so many fan-made covers of the album uh, that I have no idea oh, okay. what the actual album looks <laughs> oh, <no>. like. <laughs> I I don't think I do either, and I think Walmart has a goofy-looking picture disc, and I, I can't I don't keep want tra- that. All I know is... The TikTok teens are TikToking themselves, uh, <laughs> illegally grabbing this from Target. I think they're having problems at, at the checkout because it won't ring up because they put it Man. out before the street date. Lana, anyway, I love Lana Del Rey, but I'm gonna I'm gonna gripe real yeah. quick. Is that her albums are too expensive to not have digital yeah. downloads? I'm saying that. what? Oh, okay. I didn't. Sure, her albums are always like I I feel like uh over average price uh it's like whatever average price is plus you know 10 or 12 dollars or 15 dollars <laughs> it's like 40 you're, 40 dollars for the new album and i'm just like Ugh. i was and no digital about, download huh yeah that's yeah, dumb yeah I, usually, I was complaining about that uh on twitter.com earlier about how uh <laughs> You know, in the in the '90s, everybody was was up in arms about CDs being really expensive, and I I know it's probably cheaper, more expensive materially to to make an LP, but you know, every LP seems now is thirty dollars, and if you don't get yeah. a digital download with that, that's that's problematic. I I, yeah. I, I share in your uh, yeah. in your frustration there. I, I remember <laughs> when uh, before they really took off too much. 
like the first few Wilco albums put out on vinyl, like new came with a CD. Like you got the CD like in a digit, not a digital pack, but like a little sleeve inside there. And yeah. I think I had a Tegan and Sarah album that was like that too. Obviously probably cost prohibitive to do that now, but I got a cool. nine inch nails hesitation marks that came with a, a CD inside. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was dope. Um, I'll, I want to shout out a local band, Kudzu. I'm more than two years late listening to their album called Defeated. Oh, but that is a uh, good one. it fucking slams. Yeah. I love it. It's like Joy Division slash New Order slash uh, and even harder industrial stuff. Uh, I don't. I just. It's kind of gothy and super electronic and fuzzy. I don't know. It. It's just. It's cool. I got a um, cassette tape of that that I I've literally almost worn. Oh, out. nice, hmm. nice. I want a vinyl of it. Um, and lastly, uh, I discovered someone named Dan's C M D A N Z C M. Um, this the fuck artist did you I just found. Say? <laughs> Dan, Are you saying I, I Pam? Hard, what is Pam, that? Dan's Pam. <laughs> Dan's like Danzig. Okay, Danzig without the I G. Okay. Just look that up. It's a woman who does synth music. I found her because I uh, came across this really cool uh, Instagram that I started following called Synth History. And it's just like pornography for people who love analog synths and all that shit. And she posted the coolest stuff. And then she posted about how she has her own music. And in, in its own right, uh, it's it's really awesome. She's got a, a, a nice collection of, of synths and drum machines and stuff. And uh, it's it, if you like uh, that kind of thing, it sounds awesome. I think so. Check out Dan's CM. Nice. That's it for me. I, uh, Josh, you mentioned Heavy Heads Records. I had actually not been there uh, before, but finally was able to get over there last week and uh, looked around after work and. Uh, much to my delight, uh, found an import copy of Unknown Pleasures, uh, the Joy Division Ooh. record. So I, I was really, uh, really excited to to have found that and um, get that in the collection. I actually have a a twelve inch single of Transmission, uh, so it's it's fun to kind of have uh, uh, grow, grow the the Joy Division specific part of the uh, part of the set, but. You're 50% uh, of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in terms of listening, uh, doing the uh, we've been doing lots of instrumentals, uh, so I have gotten back into my Jimi Hendrix records and uh, listened through Axis Bold as Love, which uh, has one of the uh, one of the instrumentals that uh, that we're going to be talking about in a bit. But uh, just top to bottom, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great record. Um, so I, I was really happy to have gone back to that as well. Nice, hell yeah! All right, Logan, what All you right. been listening to? Um, I've been listening to a band called Brutus. Uh, they're from Belgium, and I've been listening to their 2019 album Nest off of uh, Sergeant House label. Uh, they're really doing it for me right now. They're a three-piece, like heavy and ethereal. Uh, the drummer and vocalist Stephanie met the bassist Peter when she joined his refused tribute band. <laughs> um, but after that, want, they wanted to make their own original music, so they recruited, I'm not sure how to say his name, uh, Stijin? Stijin? It's S-T-I-J-N, uh, Van Hogarden, to play 
guitar and formed the band Brutus, but uh, a really cool band. Um, so I'm going to give a couple shout outs to uh, Steve Moore. I uh, had ordered a couple vinyl pieces that I needed from him. I got his new album, Analog Sensitivity, that came out in February of this year. It's on KPM main series label. Uh, he's one part zombie and he's uh, created another great instrumental album that takes you on a journey into 70s and 80s flavored prog synth of dystopian futures, distant planets, or cinematic landscapes. It's contemplative at times and at other times meditative, uh, but it's a cool track. It has some cool tracks on there. Uh, he also released an EP in 2020 called Frame Dragging that I picked up on the Compact label, but it's kind of a pulsing exploration of space disco, synth grooves, and all things otherworldly in four tracks. Um, mm. Speaking of otherworldly, I found on vinyl the Under the Skin soundtrack by Micah Levy Whoa. from 2014, and it's a trip into the void that one follows Man. Scarlett Johansson into to be met by movie. <laughs> something less comprehensible. It's unsettling for sure. Um, it's it's a creepy soundtrack. Not one that you'd probably want to put on all the time, but if you want to get real freaked out, sure. Also, uh, the Dead Cross uh, or Dead Cross Band, uh, they're a super group. It's an EP with uh, Mike Patton singing. Uh, it's heavy. It's scary. It's Patton. It's thrashy. Dave Lombardo from Slayer is on drums. Uh, my, bu my buddy Josh hit me to them. And uh, just be ready to throw down if you're going to listen to to listen to that, uh, but it's pretty fun. Also, side note, uh, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game coming out, like a beat 'em up in kind of in the retro style. But Mike Patton sings the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme. Oh yeah, uh, uh, so I heard about that. That's worth checking out. Looking up the I, cartoon I saw theme. Yeah, he sings the the theme to that. Do so you know who wrote cool. that? It's by just the way, for a game was it Chuck Lorre? Chuck oh, Lorre, it wrote was. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Side note. No, but that's that's what I've been listening to lately. All right. Well, um, glad to hear about all that. And uh, from here, we're going to get into our uh, favorite instrumentals. And um, I guess I can uh, I can lead it off here. Lot, there's lots of music out there and lots of music with lyrics and lots of music without lyrics. Um, and... As I kind of approached this, uh, I thought about different um, different pieces of music that that had kind of stuck with me or, or, or meant something uh, to me, you know, throughout my life. And um, the the first one that uh, we'll get into it was kind of the, was the one that I alluded to earlier, uh, and that was uh, Jimi Hendrix's Third Stone from the Sun which is off of Axis Bold as Love, and uh, it's, you know, just a, a really space rock, um, just, you know, everything that, that, that you would want in something from a Jimi Hendrix record that, that's instrumental. There are some spoken word, uh, a couple of spoken word sections, but, you know, it's our show and we get to decide what counts. So <laughs> uh, so, so that, that's, that's my uh, number five. Logan, was this, was this one potentially on your radar or in terms of the one I was kind of thinking that you were talking about? Yeah. No. Okay. It, All it right. Is not. I was thinking a, a totally different thing. 
All right. Well, yeah, let, we'll drop that clip. I've got one more clip that we'll, that we'll uh, play to, to wrap it up, but uh, let's, let's, let's hear Jimmy. Is that oh, the man. clip? Is that the clip where he's going on about UFOs, Matt? No, th- that's a different. Uh, that's a different. That's the intro to the album where he's talking that's about right, you know yeah. Mr. Paul Caruso and yeah, and, I put uh, that on and it's always really weird because it just suddenly starts with an interview where he's going on about UFOs, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening? I love that vocal effect that he has. It sounds like. Uh, a scene out of David Lynch's Wild at Heart, where there's some music in the background with some like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Well, uh, sticking with the uh, with the sci-fi theme, another thing that I'd been thinking about, you know, there's lots of soundtracks out there, and a lot of great, you know, instrumental synth soundtracks. You know, obviously Tangerine Dream and. Um, Vangelis, but uh, the the one the one that sticks with me the most is uh, the theme from the Terminator. Uh, I, I remember, it's <laughs> a good one. Uh, Hell yeah! I remember you know looking for that because I wanted to listen to it a few years back and found that someone had made one of those ten hour loops of theme <laughs> from the Terminator. Oh. That's, <laughs> that's, that's just right where you want to be. Uh, mm. You know, just the the tone. Uh, it it fits the the tone of the movie, and it just, it just sounds so cool and and futuristic. And and I, um, who did always, that? Yeah, who did that? I I actually don't know. I I didn't uh, didn't uh, pull that up. We'll um, I'll I'll look it up while you keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. have you Can heard I, about Have you heard about the rhythm? I I didn't know if you were going to talk about it, but have you ever tried to like count the rhythm or the time signature of that the, from the first movie? I th- the, the the clip that I would listen to I think is from the first movie and it does have a weird rhythm. It's in you know it's it's not in straight four. It's not in. I don't think it's in any time signature. And there's like a whole backstory where they weren't using MIDI to sync things. Really, and so like the 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 da 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 is in a a completely different rhythmic <laughs> pattern than the um the 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 melodic sense. So it's just like kind of all over the place and. and yeah, it's it's wild, but it sounds good. That's really interesting. I'm I I'm fascinated by kind of that that weird knee region of electronic music where, you know, there there's a lot of automation, but it's also still lots of just, you know, hand played stuff and it, it's just right. re- a really, you know, kind of interesting way to 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 use the the technology and and um you know, make make art out of out of new 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 tools. It's Brad Fiedel or Fidel. I don't know how to say the Ah, last name. And by the way, Wikipedia, he says that he wanted the Terminator score to reflect a mechanical man in his heartbeat. (laughs) Well, that definitely tracks. Matt, Um, speaking of uh, 10 hour loops, uh, when I was a kid and the Terminator 2, the making of Terminator 2 was on TV. We taped it on VHS. 
Well, I loved that theme so much because it played at the end credits. I got my boom box and <sighs> held it up to the TV and hit record. Yes. And I would, at the end of it, I paused it and then I would rewind it and started it again. You made and pause I'd unpause it. Well, <laughs> and I made a whole side of dun 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 dun. Like, of a tape and I just listened to it in my room over and over again. So you should have put trap beats over. That's yeah, you're making pause tapes, man. But now that was, yeah, totally great. Now I have to make another like fake Logan childhood rap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be the stereotypical, the like, well, my name's little Logan and I'm here to yeah. say, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I am the Terminator in a major way. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your other uh, choices, Matt? Uh, coming up uh, next, um, another soundtrack. I think this might be the best TV theme song that there has ever been. You know, I, I would be open to debate on it, but uh, it's the theme from Taxi uh, by Bob James <laughs> uh, called Angela. You know, it's just it's got everything that you'd want. You know, out of mid seventies uh, music. You know, there's there's great flute part and and great roads um i know that uh, that bob james has been sampled uh by a lot of hip-hop art by a lot of hip-hop artists um you know we, there may even be some on um on on some tribe records but uh back when i used to watch a lot of nick at night that was you know that was the one that always stuck with me and and i don't know that i can think of a better better tv theme song uh than than that and um rounding it out here um uh, I think that I like the Modest Mouse version of this song a little bit more, or at least it's kind of a reinterpretation, but uh, the original is by Santo and Johnny, and it's mm. Sleepwalk. You know, pedal steel, slide guitar, uh, really just dreamy sounding, and and, and older than, than you might think, or, or maybe, um, maybe not as, maybe uh, as old as you would think, but, uh, but that one always just puts a smile on your face. You know, li- listen, Lo- listen to the old sleepwalk. Logan, is there crossover there? No. Okay, because it soundtracks a pretty big moment in uh, Twin Peaks third season, doesn't it? Am I wrong on that? I'm pretty sure Sleepwalk is in the third season of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I think so. I did not pick that. Okay, but it's a good choice, by the way. I didn't even think yeah. about that one, but that is a superb choice. And you're right; it is a just a very like I don't know the way the pedal steel is. It's almost like a vocal line in the song. Yeah, it puts you in that place, and it was kind of part of that uh, that Hawaiian music craze or or um, fad that was that was really popular, kind of in the '50s. And I know a lot of early electric uh. guitars were were marketed as Hawaiian guitars. Which I thought was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, I I came across that you know just looking through a a a YouTube mix and you know they there were several of those other kind of surfy uh, instrumentals you know that I thought about. Miserloo was one, but um, the one that uh, that I'll round out with is one that's probably been around the longest. Um, my first instrument was uh, the piano. And, you know, my mom taught piano and took piano lessons from her and, and uh, some other uh, lessons. And I, I never learned to play this piece, but but I've always wanted to learn to play this piece. Uh, it's by uh, Claude Debussy, and it's called Claire de Lune, which stands for, or stands for, which is uh, French for, for Moonlight. It was inspired by, uh, by a poem uh, written in the 1880s, and, and this was written in 1905, and it's just a great, Great classical piano piece that um, 
I'm fairly certain it's used in the Oceans movies at some point, uh, a section that we're going to hear. But uh, it's it's great, you know, kind of chill out, study, or, or just, you know, um, listen to something calm for. And we do have a clip for that. It's a good lo-fi beat to study to, I think. Nothing? Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll cut me. Drop I'll it. cut myself. Drop that lo-fi beat. Here, drop it. the classiest show we've ever done <laughs> oh yeah oh i'm sipping wine uh th- that's that's me in the uh the the poo in a tuxedo costume <laughs> 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 but uh but yeah that's uh that's my top five uh instrumentals for now at least i'm sure you know i, I know that we all came up with uh with big long lists and you know uh, I know I had some trouble narrowing things down, uh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll um, we'll hear about uh, more of my picks uh, in a later show. But uh, who, who's up next, uh, Josh? What, Blake. What are your instruments? Blake, Blake. Yeah, Blake. Blake, go next. So these are uh, I've I figured out that top fives are always hard. You, oftentimes on this show they're hard because I I can't think of enough examples. This time it's hard because there are simply too many. Um, I mean, God, it's, it's so incredibly broad, depending on how you define it. Um, I'm, I'm sure in the thousands of years of music there, there are far more instrumental pieces than there are songs, but I narrowed it down to more, more contemporary or modern sort of things from, from artists that you might, some artists you might expect to not do instrumentals, some that you do for, for background. I was a, a, a kid who grew up being probably more interested in instrumental music than like the popular songs at the time. Hence me uh, getting a lot of Aphex twin CDs and, and prodigy and stuff. Uh, Some, some prodigy has, has lyrics, obviously some doesn't. I think Aphex twins, most of their catalog is just going to, I'm just going to call it a, uh, a runner up or an honorable mention here. Um, Really hard to narrow down to five. So I'm going to say my first one is the first track off the Pixies Bossa Nova. It's called Cecilia Ann. Ooh, nice. Good choice. That, that was on yeah. uh, my u- ultimate list as well. Mine as well. Oh, nice. And uh, it uh, the album has like, it's one of like at least four songs on that album with just a woman's name as the title, <laughs> but there are no no lyrics in this one. And it's, just, I thought it was just like a great, like triumphant fanfare to draw you into the album, which mm-hmm. I think is a great album. And I first heard it when I hadn't really gotten into the Pixies yet. And it, it drew me into like their whole thing mm-hmm. and which in turn got me into good music in general. So I give that one a lot of credit. Um, 
check it out. It, it's it's brief and and fun. Cecilia Ann, um, and it's a cover, I think. Oh, it is. Yeah, Wait, is it? I, I think so. Oh, okay. I think it's a cover of a '60s surf song. I I don't remember, but I I was mm. reading about it the other day because I like I said I put it on my my huge list. Uh, but yeah, I have to look. this I think up. it's a cover because I, to... I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's a cover. Oh. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, it's a cover of the yeah. surf tones. Um, yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to go listen to the original. This is crazy. This is news to me. After all these years, I know. There was uh, <laughs> in uh, the first time I heard Pixies. I think it was on the Weezer tribute album. I'm, I'm sorry, the the tribute album to the Pixies with Weezer on it, mm-hmm. doing Valoria. Mm-hmm. So that led me to buy yeah. Bossa Nova, and that was my first introduction to a proper Pixies yeah. album. Right, Valoria is so good. It is. Um, you're right. The surf tones. I'm gonna have to listen to their their version. The Pixies have a lot of sneaky covers that, uh, if you didn't know better, you, you wouldn't realize. Anyway, I'll also bring up uh, bring up Daft Punk. A lot of their songs, you know, have the the vocoder, the talk box, uh, or or samples of a human voice, or or like guest singers. Um, but I I picked one of their. They have some that are have no no human voice at all. One of these uh, is called Aerodynamic. It's from the album Discovery, their second album. And I always loved that one. It, um, I was listening to Discovery recently, and I think I realized what drew me to their stuff so much is like, this is kind of like the sort of music that I, I made to teach myself how to make music. It was nowhere near as good, obviously, but just like it's, it's unafraid to be so completely electronic, so completely loopy and, uh, and, and synthetic in places. Um, but it's, it's, it's also super fun, danceable stuff. And just on a technical level, it's really interesting too. There's a, a really long like keyboard solo on aerodynamic that it just totally wilds out. (laughs) Um, I want to give a, I, I almost did a, a movie score one. Um, if I, maybe one of the best movie score instrumentals is theme from Halloween by, by John Carpenter. I'll give it. Okay. This is what I'll do. I'll give a few honorable mentions and then I'll do my final one that I have a clip of <laughs> <laughs> honorable mention ghost miasma hmm. from prequel an amazing track with um, it's got everything. It's got a, you know, great guitars and drums in addition to a really cool sounding synth and a saxophone um, and an unusual, unusual uh, structure, time signature type thing. Um, Pavement, a a pavement song called five minus four equals unity. I'm not aware of that. Um, I'll I'll have to, uh, is that on crooked rain, crooked Crooked rain. And it's, I guess it gets its title because the song is in five, four. And I think it act. Somebody said it samples Dave Brubeck's Take Five, but I, I think it actually just sounds a lot like it and is kind of like homage to it. But you know, Take Five take, has that take same. Take Five was five. on my big list for this. Okay. I, I did not I'm surprised go for it's not it, on but, somebody's yeah. main list. Yeah. So that, no, that's a good one. Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, runner up. Just the title track, Pet Sounds, awesome instrumental. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know that that one was something Brian Wilson apparently wrote for a James Bond movie and they declined it? No. No, I did not. I, I don't, yeah, did not and, know that. 
give it another listen and with that it in has <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of has a that 60s or early 70s james bondy sound when it was like a little too laid back mm. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the, apparently the title was going to, this is like if, if Brian Wilson, were going to name a, a James Bond movie. This is it is apparently going to be called run James run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously a Moby Dick. Um, <laughs> if that, if that was someone's pick, I'm gonna, no, nope. I'll cut that out. But Led Zeppelin, it was uh, on the list. Amazing <laughs> drums. Um, finally. So. Obviously, Nine Inch Nails, one of my favorite bands, have 10,000 instrumental tracks. But I went with one from a, a an album that is uh, uh, has more mainstream appeal. Uh, it's not an instrumental album, The Fragile 1999. One of my favorite instrumentals from them ever is called Just Like You Imagined. Mm, I almost and, almost went there. Yeah. Uh, that's Is that... Do you think that's also one of the, one of the best I've ever done? I, I do. Um... I have a shout out to a different one. Um okay. but it is it, it was up there of picks that I would have gone with from Nine Inch Nails. Since I heard it like more than twenty years ago, I have always loved it. So here's a little clip real quick. so good they should play that at the oscars with john batiste doing the (laughs) piano parts since they did the soundtrack for soul together yeah trent reznor is up for two uh oscars i believe this time that he's in the best uh score category twice for soul and mank um uh, another that song's also in five four um i call it like the dark Mannheim steamroller that's just <laughs> what it sounds like to me like it gets so huge and epic especially toward the end yeah you think it can't uh, get any like more epic right. and it just keeps and then it's taking it up a yeah. notch. <laughs> then it's just like here is another screaming guitar slash synth whatever it is um but just keep adding more distortion pedals yeah that's what i got nice. what do you got well that's that's a perfect lead-in i would say <laughs> Mm-hmm. But before I get to that lead in, uh, so I had to kind of come up with an approach to this because I, I also am a big fan of instrumental. Um, I am also wanted to choose things that was like, oh, I, I recognize from out my life that, that were kind of in the background that maybe I didn't notice as much as a kid, but now I've come to love. Uh, there's so much classical music out there that um, I love and, and grew up with that I decided ultimately to take out of the running for this. Cause I, I think it'd be really cool if we did like a, a top classical yeah. list at some point. And then Agreed. that got me thinking like, well, I, I got a lot of movie soundtracks too, to choose from. And I, I thought, Oh, we could probably do like a, a top movie soundtracks at some point. So I ended up kind of steering away from that. And I, I tried to, to go more with, um, bands that you know rarely do instrumentals or something like that and uh or it's it's not a normal thing for them i tried to go with that um so with that being said uh that lead in would be to my a shout out is uh an honorable mention is nine inch nails a warm place from the downward spiral uh Uh, on the list that was my Um, runner-up i think it's (laughs) 
it's uh, a song that I hold near and dear. I love that track. Uh, it's been said, and I think I've mentioned it on the show, that uh, uh, Trent Reznor, one of his favorite David Bowie albums was Low, and that he was very inspired by that. And that always made me wonder, is that what inspired him with this song? But I also found out that this song is inspired by David Bowie's uh, Crystal Japan. It's like a rare David Bowie track that's mainly instrumental. But go check that out and then listen to A Warm Place. Does it have a sample? Is, is that what they sampled? Or Well, it's not a, I don't think it's a sample. I think it's it a, a sound alike. It's a sound alike. Uh, it's okay. crazy, but you can when you hear it, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, wow, it's why I, I found that out recently. It's wild. So that leads me into another honorable mention. Speaking of David uh, Bowie's "Low" uh, with Brian Eno, that side B, uh, the song "A New Career in a New Town." I love that song. Uh, that led me there. I had to include it somewhere, at least as a shout out. But I think it's one of the the most the more upbeat. Uh, instrumentals on side B. I think it gives you this kind of new, fresh, like it, it's like, oh, a new career in a new town, this sense of optimism and going out. And it's fun to listen to like while driving around, or it'd be cool to listen to while on like a subway or a train somewhere. I don't going know. Going to a job going interview. Going to a job interview <laughs> in, in, you know, Berlin or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, one other shout out. Uh, I have to also shout out Aphex Twin. The yes. track Window Liquor from 1999. Uh, that's on my list, boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I won't talk too much about that or anything since it's just a shout out. But the first time uh-huh. I really connected the dots with that whole thing is because it was in hilariously, hilariously used in the comedy Grandma's Boy, <laughs> uh, which is one of those Adam Sandler movies. But he's not in it, I don't think. At least Did I did not see that one. Uh, it's not great. It's worth a <laughs> it, it's worth a laugh, but this certain character that accompanies uh, the the music of Aphex Twin is particularly hilarious. I'll try to find it for you guys. Um does he have a man's face and and big hooters? <laughs> <laughs> no. I I did talk about cuz Aphex Twin if you were going to take one of my picks, I was going to talk in length about the window liquor. And you did shout out one of my top fives, but you didn't put it in your official one, but my top official five here, uh, ghost miasma from uh, nice. 2018 prequel album prequel. I thought that you and I might cross over on this Blake. Uh, but the instrumental track is flawless to me. It rocks. It moves along at a respectable clip, shows off some great guitar solos, saxophone solo and keyboards from the synth master himself, zombies, Steve Moore, making it onto actual multiple spots on my list. It's like a prog synth gothic dance rock jam. It shreds of like 80s metal classic guitars in there. Uh, It it just fans the flames. It's strangely upbeat and positive sounding like, get ready, we're going to send you on an excellent adventure. It's it's almost like a retro Nintendo song, like something like Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't listen to this song without playing air instruments. It just makes me very happy.
Number four, New Order's Elysia from Low Life, 1985. It's originally a 17-minute epic, uh, but it was shortened for an album length of five minutes, and it's in 12-8 time signature and in A minor. It would be used in John Hughes' Pretty in Pink, the trailer for 1992's Tom Savini-directed Night of the Living Dead, Stranger Things, and Hideo Kojima's trailer for Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. I used to spend hours playing Metal Gear Solid V Ground Zeroes with this song just looping in the background. It's just a moody master cut from New Order. It comes off of my favorite album of theirs, and it was a no-brainer. So if you haven't heard Elysia off of Low Life, check it out. Number three, Steve Mork again, Zombie, Spirit Animal. This is like Dawn of Man kind of shit right here. Like life beginning in a primordial ooze. Mastodons and giant fucking thunder lizards roaming the bubbling swamps (laughs) of prehistoric times. Uh, This 14-minute sprawling achievement may take the cake for Zombie's most ambitious and daunting creation. Just devolve into a radioactive sludge for this one, folks. It's like Goblin meets Pink Floyd. Steve Moore and A.E. Patera rule the land with this one. There's also a giant gong hit that brings (laughs) forth like synth sounds of majestic, ethereal life sprawling through the cosmos. It's pretty cool, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> love a gong logan it's funny that you mentioned the dawn of man because i had the uh Georgi Leggetti uh lux eterna from 2001 the the, the oh. dawn of man oh, sequence yes. yeah uh, that, that was on my on my master so list so good that's a good one all right so number two mason williams classical gas from 1968 <laughs> play classical gas <laughs> I'll do classical gas. <laughs> uh, I had it at the ready. Indeed. Uh, Lisa Simpson brought me here. Uh, the great thing about the Simpsons uh, was all the music that it, would, it that it would introduce to a new generation of millennials. Uh, written by author, musician, and poet Mason Williams. Uh, he was also the head writer of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Um <laughs> But I think it's just an amazing piece of classical guitar music. And as a musician, I'm just always blown away by this song. It just takes you on this epic journey of sweeping, exciting, but somehow still moody, like a caravan or adventure. It's it's silly, but it's it's rad. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just a timeless piece that I think is really, really cool. And then, um, oh, I I think I got off on my track listings. I'm sorry. Uh, that was number three, Mason Williams, technically. Okay, so uh, number two, speaking of gongs, Pink Floyd, A Saucer Full of Secrets, live at Pompeii, 1972. Mm. Uh, this I was, is. I was waiting for Pink Floyd, by the way. I'm surprised it took us this long. Well, <laughs> my at first, my original pick was One of These Days. And mm. that's Matt, what I that's thought a, you were okay. talking about. No, that that and that would be a very good choice, yes. I ended up deciding against that and going with a saucer full of secrets. It's just a masterclass in musicianship, spiritual ascension, history, and how to be more than a rock band. It's exploratory, hectic, triumphant, and completely beautiful. I highly recommend watching their live performance of this in full with the chaotic opening. None of this cutting right to Gilmore singing the songs of Ash and angels. Watch the whole thing. There's order in the chaos that deserves to be endured. Uh, you can't beat Rogers, 
Roger Waters beating a gong with the boys <laughs> blasting off to the fucking moon in the background. <laughs> it's a it's a sight and you know it's a sight to see and hear. But Gilmore singing the melody at the end is just the best. Uh, I highly recommend. So that brings me to my number one pick, and this was a hard choice, but I ended up going with the Dies Irae. The mm-hmm. Dies Irae, or the Day of Wrath, is when Catholics believe God judges who goes to heaven and hell. It was a Gregorian chant created by Catholic monks in the 13th century. The chant was essentially used for funerals. The notes are in a Dorian minor mode, um, notes that descend um, and it kind of creates an ominous sense of dread. For example, like if you were to uh, the notes F, E, F, D, or like F, E, F, that's like a half step apart. And then going down, descending to a D. So you go F, E, F, D. Uh, Supposedly, this makes people uncomfortable. And over the few hundred years, the chant began to take form in music, such as uh, Mozart's uh, 1791 Symphony Requiem. And in 1830, French composer Louis Hector Berlioz's, I'm butchering the pronunciations, uh, but his Symphony Fantastique brought it even further into the culture. He used the melody, but he left out the words. And his music tells the story of a dream of a witch's Sabbath. It's a hung... uh, scorned love comes back as a witch i guess uh there's a hungarian composer franz list list uh uses it in 1849's uh totentons or dance of the dead giuseppe verde's uh, mesa de requiem from 1874 and it's used in the silent film specifically in fritz uh, lang's metropolis from 1927 Mm. but but here's the thing this once it started to kind of cross over to music from this Gregorian chant, it started appearing in all kinds of forms of music and especially in movies. It's been in such movies, most notably The Shining, um, but also The Lion King, Star Wars, It's a Wonderful Life, Lord of the Rings, The Ring, Batman Returns, Big Trouble in Little China, Jurassic Park, Home Alone, uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, it's even modified versions have come along like tubular bells in the exorcist or nightmare before Christmas's making Christmas, you know, making Christmas. Ah. Um, it's just a fascinating story behind what's easily my favorite instrumental piece, but it ironically just came from a chant or poem. But, uh, my clip here is of me, um, playing it on my uh, synthesizer, uh, but it, I was doing a cover of Wendy Carlos's theme from The Shining. That's what it all stemmed from, is my love f- for this track from the opening track from The Shining. So if you want to yes. roll that.
But yeah, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable. That, that was dope. <laughs> was was that on your Moog? Yeah. And she would have been doing it on a Moog as well. Yeah, little fatty stage two. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah, I did it. It's a live cut, and I had some uh, creepy samples that I made with you know my microphone and some delay, and and put it into my looper so I could trigger those while I was playing the the riff. Um, but yeah, it's just a creepy uh, tune that's been used so much in music. It's kind of like the the Wilhelm scream. Like if you ever uh, hear that and you notice it, it's like once you no- notice the DS ray, it's like oh oh, I heard it. I think yeah. so. Be on the lookout for that. But yep, that was I'm mine. Gonna start hearing it everywhere. My my choices, by the way, are are all such like lay popular choices. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> compared compared to everyone else's, like I've got the most like standard vanilla kind of choices here the almond brothers you're not too far (laughs) off by the way um okay so i am surprised we didn't have a lot of crossover um i had i whittled it down from a list of 45 to nine with four of those being ones that i kind of thought were honorable mentions because somebody else would say them so real quickly those i had pink floyd great gig in the sky obviously very well known Mm. but I still think a, a beautiful piece of music from Dark Side of the Moon. I thought somebody else might have that one. Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, the first track. Mm, that is right? on my master, oh, master, on the list. master yeah. list. Um then uh the other one that I'm surprised Blake you didn't have and Logan have is Mort Garson, Plantasia. That's oh sh- also I very forgot good. about him entirely. He's on that's my, a good he's one. On the a good one. Which Matt, if you've never listened to Plantasia, look it up. Synth music from the seventies that you're supposed to play to your plants to make them grow better. Oh, awesome. I remember you guys talking about that. I'll, I'll take you, that out. You would dig it. Uh, and then the other mention I had was one that I didn't want to talk about. Cause I, t- I feel like I've talked about this artist a lot and people got to be thinking that I love this guy, but Sufjan Stevens <laughs> has a song called <laughs> I, I, red. I was going to guess Jeff Tweedy. <laughs> he has oh, a song sorry. called red uh, Redford. That's really good. It's on Michigan. I don't know why he comes up all the time on these shows, but yeah, I'll He's just good, say it's man. a good song. Look it up, Redford. You can say it. But anyway, those are my honorable mentions. So real quick, my top five, in really no particular order. But uh, first off, I've got the Beatles, Flying, from 1967's Magical Mystery Tour, which uh, is, I think, maybe one of the only instrumentals they ever did. I was going to say, I, I you don't, yeah. It's, it's very good, though. I don't know that um, I thought about that one, yeah. Kind of just, a, I don't know, it's just a... Laid back jam. Uh, it does have some some vocalizations. It's got the yaw 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 yaah yaw, or something like that. But <laughs> Lord 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 no, no <laughs> Lord Lord Lord. But no no lyrics. Um, but it's really good. Flying 1967. Uh, then I've got the Flaming Lips, the Observer mm. from 1999 mm. Soft Bulletin. Um, I I just I've loved that one forever. Uh, it's so creepy in my mind when I hear it, it always soundtracks like a crackly black and white film of scientists in a laboratory. Like it's got this weirdly ominous kind of feel to it. Like as if you're like watching some lost footage of some experiment that you shouldn't be seeing. Um, does, does that start with the synth, uh, kick it's on, the, floor on the floor? It's the, yeah, the do. Yeah, and then the doom, doom, doom. Um, then I've got the XX, the song intro. I guess it's mm. just called intro. I don't know the introduction from 2009's XX. If anyone knows that one, it's very short, yep. only a I couple minutes, but it's definitely 
one of their best. I think it's their most played song on Spotify. Um, very, very good. I, I'm assu- I actually think probably most everybody here has heard it without maybe knowing they've even heard it uh, because it's just a popular commercial It's playing song. in a lot of stores. We used yeah. to play it at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, and there's actually uh, some good remixes you can find where people have put like rap verses over the top. I know oh, there's, nice. there's one with a Notorious B.I.G., and my Notorious B.I.G. knowledge is really lacking, but whatever the, the song is where he he starts with, uh, um, or he raps about... It, well, it was all a dream. It was all a dream, yeah. That, that juicy. verse, juicy, yeah, over it, it's really good. Okay, my last two are my weirdest choices. So, and I think Matt may be the only person that would be able to possibly <laughs> guess what these two choices are, because um, they both are from Little Josh. They're, they're both songs ah. that I loved <laughs> when I was a kid, like really little. Uh, so the first one I'll mention is from a movie. It is Trevor Jones as the composer, the song Promontory from 1992's Last of the Mohicans soundtrack. Ah, yes. Which I should have mm. clipped it. I didn't but I should have because it's great and I'll, I'll have to save my gushing over it for if we do a soundtracks <laughs> list at some point in the future as Logan, and we should, which we should, but it is a great little piece of music. I think it kind of inter interpolates a Irish kind of song, traditional song, but very good. But the other kind of weird one is Eric Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> the, guitar, on my list. the guitar maestro Eric Johnson's song Cliffs of Dover from 1990s Avia Musicom. And the reason it's such a weird choice is because if you don't know who what Eric are you, Johnson what are the is, words that you're saying? Eric Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I don't know this. Is say, the say this the artist. He is like a guitar shredder from the 80s. Uh, on par, like a Chet Atkins. So, no, more like a Ingve <laughs> Malmsteen kind of. Uh, oh, like, like if you okay. know, you know. And he had a song Satriani. called Cliffs. Of, yes, exactly like that. He had a song called Cliffs of Dover on a 1990 album, Avia Musicom. I've heard this. Was that that's, on Guitar Hero? That's rocking. Might have been. It's just a weird choice, I realized for me. But when I was a kid, my dad had that album on cassette and used to play it. And I just loved that song. It's just that's guitar cool. shredding the whole way through. Uh, the worst, by the way, drum and bass sound on any on any record ever. Like they clearly <laughs> did not care about the bass and drums yeah, at all. They're like, just like, cares? play whatever. I'm going to shred over here on guitar. Uh, There's a really good uh, Austin City Limits performance of that. Yes, yes. uh, That's worth, if you're looking for it, look look for that one, uh, because the the, the live effect really helps. I mean, the thing is, the guy is extremely talented, but it is just guitar wankery for like five yeah. solid minutes. And uh, it's amazing, though. I mean, he's an amazing guitar it's player. It's melodic. Gotta uh, wank but something. Anyway, th- th- those are my, f- those are my <laughs> five. Uh, <laughs> th- those are my five. And uh, I- I'm definitely down for at some point doing either a jazz, classical, or soundtrack uh, list, because there were several yeah. more in that realm that I did not Video game choose. soundtrack? 
like video I was, games for sure. That, that one I don't know because that one I'm I'd be really bad at. But you, I'm sure you guys would have a ton to say about video game soundtracks. So. Yeah, Mega Man Two changed oh. my life. <laughs> oh, uh, so also I think it'd be cool. Like I'm gonna, I had a master list of a lot of instrumental stuff that I made on YouTube. I was thinking about putting that up, or maybe we could make a master list for more of that and choose all our top fives or something. Mm. Uh, so be looking for that uh, whenever the uh, episode drops. Nice. And yeah. uh, to kind of transition us into next week, I did want to mention that I'm surprised that the song Promontory from Last of the Mohicans, one of my picks, was not on the thing we're going to discuss next week, um, which Matt can tell you about now. It's like we're doing a promo ad. It's like, <laughs> this great product that we're about well, to tell you about, I'm surprised that this song was not on there, but it would fit perfectly. Speaking of, of uh, promotional copy, uh, fellas, um, I would like for you uh, for, for a little bit to imagine a world where time drifts slowly. <laughs> a world where music carries you away. <laughs> That's right. I, Next I, week... Discographology, we're going to cover, uh, or excuse me, we're going to experience Pure Moods, the perfect mm. soundtrack for your way of life. Uh, it's direct <laughs> from Europe. Uh, it's a multi-platinum collection that has won the hearts of millions, and I'm sure will will win uh, all of our hearts as well. Uh, so yeah, we're doing Pure Moods. You, you guys know the commercial. Uh, anybody who grew up in the 90s, uh, uh, will will perk up um, as soon as that hit from Enigma's Return to Innocence drops. Oh, I'll have plenty of things Bro. to say about that commercial. <laughs> that when that beat drops, when yeah. when that beat drops, indeed. So next week, uh, <laughs> carrying on uh, with, with our instrumental theme, there are uh, quite a few instrumentals on that record, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna run them all down. Uh, next time on the show but uh until then uh we sure thank you for turning in uh send us your uh top five or top 20 uh instrumentals you know we want to know what you think i know we did just get uh the other day uh old friend of ours josh had sent in his uh i don't have it in front of me what did he send he sent he his, top top five bummer buys the bummer buys that's right so uh we, we love to hear back from uh from listeners uh both old uh, friends and new friends. So uh, hit us up on all of the social medias. We're all over the place, uh, doom scrolling like everybody. Anybody have any any parting uh, instrumental thoughts? Silence. I, I guess there's. I, I, is that is that insensitive? <laughs> by the way, I probably shouldn't be doing that. It's probably not exactly. Uh, oh, we, we'll culturally. get into it next week. That re- that reminds there's a there's a Das Racist song that uses that as a sample, <laughs> and it is fucking fire. <laughs> okay, I get I guess there's nothing left to say, but now do classical gas. <laughs> nice. Remember to listen to music. See you next week. Patreon.com/slash/oxaudio. <laughs> My eight bit cover of At the Drive In is up now. <laughs> <laughs>